Another episode of Movie Geek and Proud. Sean. Rob. How's it going? Good. I'm excited for our movie today. I know. I'm super excited. We're here again doing another MCU movie. And like tradition, we always have our MCU junkie here. Nick is here with us once again. Hey. <laughs> Nick. You know how- I watch other movies besides yeah. this too, right? What I'm- an introduction. We have a junkie here with yes, us. Yes, <laughs> but we I don't know. We haven't gotten to those yet. I know which ones you want to do, and I'm just waiting for the right moment. He is more than just MCU. He watches other stuff. Yes, we we get that. I mean, I'm just saying Ghostbusters 2 turns 30 this summer. <gasps> and since the third one's on the way. So Sean wanted to do Ghostbusters yep. 2 a lot sooner, and I said, no, we have to wait because Nick's going to want to be a part of this, and I don't want to overload him because he's coming back for Endgame, so we have to pace it out. And I said, fuck Nick, let's do it anyway. Yeah, so, <laughs> I but I said, I was like, he's going to want to do part two. He's not just number one, he's also part two. Mm-hmm. So we have to wait. Okay, so we will do that. Do you know when in the summer? Um, like when is it? I mean, yeah. June 16th, 1989 is when it was released. You hear that? So, See, I knew he'd had the date yeah, down. Seventh highest grossing film domestically, 1989. This is why we got him on the show. <laughs> and he, that's the other thing too. This MCU stuff, I don't know shit. I don't know nothing. This is why I need the two of you to be here every time we talk about a Marvel movie. Cause I always talk out of my ass and I never know what I'm saying. So thank you guys for helping me with this one. Cause I know shit about Captain Marvel. But I knew she was going to be a part of it, and I don't think I've seen anything. She, has she been on anything? First animated appearance, I think, was the X-Men animated series of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Season 2, episode of Rogue's Tale. That's uh, right. Yep. <laughs> I just talked to her. Yes. And, and she's in the highly underrated uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Hero series that ran from 2010 to 2012 on Disney XD, and she's pretty much a main character starting in the second season. That's such a great show. No, I think I, I think so I, underrated. Everybody talks about Young Justice. Nobody talks about Earth's Mightiest yeah. Heroes. Disney has uh, a lot of. They have like a Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. Uh, no, I tried that one. That one was it's garbage. Bad. Oh, so bad. Okay, okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. So we had this conversation before. Okay. So yes, I do remember Rogue's Tale. That was amazing. Captain Marvel also took front seat in marvel vs. capcom 3 it's usually wolverine but they trade it out for her okay all right well there you have it folks if you haven't seen any of those then this is probably your first time learning about captain marvel unless you read comics which i don't do you guys read her comics too is she that i do yeah and actually interesting fact about her is she's heavily tied to the x-men okay um rogue and mystique were originally her villains and then Rogue took her powers, and then Carol, as a regular person, joined the X-Men for a little while. So she, so is she a Marvel character, or is she an X-Men character? Marvel character. Yeah. Aven- Avengers Annual number 10 was like her big first. Isn't yeah. that, that's the one where Rogue I think shows so. up at her doorstep in San Francisco and drains her powers. Yep. Shit. Okay. Because the guy who made or wrote a lot of Captain Marvel, Chris Claremont, got put onto X-Men, so he brought his characters with him. Okay. Yeah, and he famously did like one of the most definitive runs of X-Men ever. Like 
mostly what you think about X-Men is probably from like the Chris Claremont, John Byrne era. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, um, Sean, you had some news for us before we get started. What, what's what's on what's going on in the world? So this just came out this morning. I read it on comicbook.com, but there was a um, interview with Kevin Feige, and he was asked point blank, "Are we going to see four things in this next phase?" And the things that were asked were a Nova movie, another Taika Waititi movie. Okay. Who is the director yes. of Ragnarok? Yes. I may be saying his name wrong. No, that's oh, fine. I just, I don't think I've right. heard his name said out loud ever. So okay. that's why I was like, "Who the hell is that?" Okay. They were, or he was asked if there would be a Miss Marvel Kamala Khan movie, who's the Indian younger Miss Marvel, and he was asked if we would get an LGBT superhero. And to all four of those, he said it's percolating. So he didn't give a definitive yes, but they're in talks to do those, which is very exciting. Okay, so he didn't deny any of them. Right, he didn't deny any, but he he said that he wants to focus on Endgame and Far From Home. Okay. So he didn't want to talk about anything past those. Okay, fair enough. And do we want all four of those things? Hells yeah. We do. Miss Miss Marvel something to be happy about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, did you see that? I think it was a tweet a while ago where Mindy Kaling was like vying for a job is to write the screenplay. Oh, and she'd then be Camille Nanjani was like, I support that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Miss Marvel is a very popular comic, and I know some because she's a Muslim character. She's the first major Muslim hero, and um, I know some Muslims who read it and they were like, they got it right. The language, the the family dynamics, like this is the comic. Okay, very good. Well, still relatively new in the main history of marvel comics it's very very current and when did it start like 2012 maybe yeah i think with the marvel now push which is also when captain marvel became captain marvel okay and so who do we want to see play our lgbt character and will it be a man or a woman it's gonna be a man from the rumors so that could be wrong but rumors say man okay um one of the people that's being talked about is from this little-known comic called The Eternals. There's a character named Icarus, who The Eternals is already slated to probably come out in Phase 4, so it would make sense. But I really want it to be Wiccan. Okay. He's technically the child of Scarlet Witch. Okay. All right, I've heard of Wiccan, but I only know of North Star and Bobby Drake. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Bobby Drake would be too soon, I think. Oh, no, I wouldn't. He'd yeah. be the last on my list. No, they'd get somebody else. So. I just think with the Avengers being cycled out, it would make sense for Wiccan as part of the... He's part of the Young Avengers, and he's tied to Scarlet Witch, so it makes sense. Okay. Well, interesting news. Let's hope that we learn more in the near future. Those all, those all sound pretty cool, so... I mean, after Spider-Man Far From Home comes out, Disney's having their D23 this year. Oh, that's true. And then true. Comic-Con's like a week after that, so that's probably when they'll make at least announcements for like 2020. I don't know if they'll do a phase uh, four thing the way they did that phase three where they announced like five years worth of movies all in one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you guys haven't guessed, we're doing Captain Marvel today, episode 45. And uh, there has been a lot of... I, I legit forgot what we were talking about for a second. <laughs> I thought we were, I was like, we're talking about news, right? And then you said that and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so we... I've read a lot of different reactions to this movie. 
And uh, so, so today will be really interesting to talk about. And we saw it last week, right? So we've obviously had a lot more time to think about it. People were coming out with reviews immediately. So I'm still wrestling with how I even feel about this movie, to be honest. But uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Do we uh, have, wait, do we have any box office oh. numbers? Oh yeah, it was like 153 or 55 million. Yeah. It was like 400 something million worldwide. It's like almost a half a billion dollars worldwide. But, but it didn't make history, right? Did it break any records? I, I forget. I think I read it's uh, their second highest movie. It, it was the highest opening for female-led okay. movie, I think. And it was the, for Marvel, it was their... Uh, Highest opening like origin film, not counting characters that aren't introduced right. in other films like Spider Man and Black Panther and things. You know? Okay, so she just comes out of the gate, bam, yeah. wins it. Okay, very good. Uh, so Nick, we're gonna do a uh, sort of a spoiler free review of this. Just initial reactions, what we think of the film, you know, recommendations, whatever have you, and then we will get to spoilers to support. Sure. Or explain why we feel the way that we feel. So, Nick, without giving any spoilers, what did you think of Captain Marvel? Uh, well, the ending. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed the movie very much. I, I think they set out to make a very specific movie, and I think they succeeded. And what I mean by that is, uh, and I swear to God, this goes back to Captain Marvel, but you think of a movie like Thor The Dark World, where they got Alan Taylor, who was a director on Game of Thrones, and think, I, I think something like that, a lot of people kind of missed the mark. I think they wanted something maybe a little bit more Thor meets Middle Earth-esque-ness to it. Like they thought it was going to be bigger in scope and, and something like more than it turned out to be. And the movie is okay, but it looks and feels more like a glorified Hercules Xena episode. You know what I mean? So with this, I think the two directors, and I'm forgetting their names right now. That's a very not-me thing to do. Um, <laughs> it's because there's two of them. There's too much. When you just can't say, like, Russo Brothers, it's hard. It's Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. I think they set out to make a very specific movie and probably made the film that they were aiming to make. I think the film had to set up certain things that we we're probably not privy to yet. And I have to assume that they probably succeeded on that as well. Uh, I thought the film's narrative structure was interesting and for the most part worked uh, with what they were trying to accomplish in terms of not being a uh, origin story in the way that we've seen with some of the other characters. You know, it's sort of told through, and I don't think this is a spoiler, but it kind of starts out in the middle of the action and fills in the blanks as the movie goes along. Um, I enjoyed the movie very, very much, and I am looking... Very forward to watching it again. Oh, so you've only seen it the one time. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, Sean. I was going to go this morning, and then I walked <laughs> to the car, and I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> now, Sean, you saw it twice. I saw it twice. I was invited to see it three times, and I was like, I'm going to rest on it a little bit and then see it later. Okay. So what did you think, especially seeing it again? So I thought it was a great movie. I was very... Um, excited by the storytelling and the possibilities that have come from this movie. I think one thing I didn't see that they were going to do was set up, we're probably going to get a whole, you know, um, sequels from this, from the 90s that fills in the gap from 
what's been going on with her life. Mm-hmm. I just thought it might tie in directly to Endgame, and that would be the end of it. Okay. But my only complaint the first time we saw it was I felt like um, Brie Larson was a little wooden. Okay. But the second time I saw it, I didn't have that complaint as much. I kind of saw what she was doing with the character, and it oh. made a little more sense. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I I was I was entertained by this movie for sure. I thought going back to the '90s with its soundtrack and nostalgic and all that stuff back in the day was great. Uh, I I did laugh out loud, so it was funny. Not the funniest one, not really supposed to be, but yeah, it was still it was still funny. I enjoyed seeing some old characters come back, and I thought the buddy cop duo of Bree and Samuel Jackson, I thought worked well. And um, yeah, I walked out a little bit kind of confused with Brie Larson's acting and in just her character in general. Mm-hmm. I've thought more about it and I'll talk more about that when we get into spoilers. But I, I think that was the only thing that didn't make this movie like super perfect. Uh, her origin I thought was cool. I enjoyed the way that they did the storytelling in that one. Uh, it did feel a little Superman to me. And when I say that, I did not feel, feel any suspense or danger towards her way i'm not saying she's immortal and she definitely had conflict but that was more of her just trying to figure out who she is and like what's going on as far as her being in danger didn't feel of the sort which i think took a little bit of the excitement out for me but other than that again the movie was entertaining well one thing i read is um they there was a whole article about how this ties into other movies and it, they do mention certain things that now when you watch them, I think it'll make sense. Okay. Like Coulson says, this isn't my first rodeo mm-hmm. referring back to Captain Marvel. Okay. And they say little things like that, which have tied back to it. So I think they do kind of mention it in okay. ways, but not on a big scale. Okay. It connects a lot of dots that yeah. I'm very excited to talk about. Yeah. But I can't <laughs> say anything because Rob has a gun pointed at me saying no spoilers. Kill shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you guys recommend people to see this like right away? Is this something that needs to be seen right now? Obviously, given we have a month to see Endgame, but I mean, w- was this definitely worth seeing like right away and in theaters, or is this something yeah, you can wait I for? Mean, what are you guys all running up to go watch right now? The kid? Yeah, you don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> exactly. Damn. <laughs> I'm not saying don't go see it. I'm just saying, what else are you going to go see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I think it needs to be seen now. I think it's a very topical movie, but also, like you said, Endgame's coming out, and I think people are going to want to know something about Marvel to really get behind Endgame. Yeah. Um, was there any man-hating in this movie? Oh. I don't know where they got this no. from, but people were boycotting it because it has her just hating on men throughout the whole movie. James Woods, in particular, was like, females shouldn't be superheroes, and also, you know, she's hating on men throughout the whole thing. I was just talking about this today, too, and I think I think it was more on Brie Larson. I think she just talked it up so much, like, this is a woman's movie, which it is, but I think people just got their own message out of the way she was portraying it. Well, I think what happened, if I have it correct, is uh, somebody was interviewing her a couple of weeks ago, and she brought up the movie A Wrinkle in Time from last year and was saying something about how, you know, that film is really geared towards young black women, 
and how none of the critics or people that reviewed that film were young black women. And she's doing all of these press junkets and interviews, and she hasn't seen anybody except for older white men, which is probably true. Mm -hmm. And I think that was sort of taken out of context. And, you know, people like to read the headlines and not read the whole quotes and things like that. So then suddenly, you know, you see all these little articles that say Brie Larson hates old white men. And that's not <laughs> what she's saying. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. just saying like, you know, maybe let's get the, uh, you know, the female demographic in here. She's like, I haven't talked to a single female journalist this entire run yet. And to kind of back that up, I think they just premiered yesterday or the day before uh, Jordan Peele's Us at South by Southwest. And apparently, and don't quote me on this, but I believe what they said was a lot of the first people to review it were black journalists. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw um, a small video and like a couple of photos of, you know, a theater just full of critics and journalists that were ready. And there was just a whole bunch of posts about like, oh, I'm ready for, you know, us and we're going to watch it blah, blah, blah. And most of them were, you know, African-American. So, yeah, it's probably true. wrong with that because no. why would you, you know, shy away your main character like people that look and represent like your main characters of the film you know mm -hmm. why is brie larson wanting to talk to a female journalist a, a bad thing yeah i don't know these are all the same people that hate daisy ridley and wonder woman i mean you can hate it for your own reason like if it's a bad movie but bringing this other stuff into it for me you know what i'm just down a rabbit hole <laughs> no no it's okay um so like special effects and the action what about that like how how did that go down you know one thing that i really appreciated even the first time i was watching this is there's so many marvel movies but this one still managed to feel different they had more of an army kind of action going on and special effects are always on point for marvel okay yeah no i would agree with you on that there was a a a tone that was different mm -hmm. and I expected it to be kind of like the rest because of how powerful she is and, and stuff. So yeah, but I still got that same feeling, which is not a bad thing, but I still got that same, like, this is different than, than what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought the action was fun. Um, it looked like Brie could throw down, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the action when it came to her using her powers and stuff, can someone explain to me exactly what that is? Because every time I see people get blasted, that shit should obliterate you. I'm sorry. I don't understand why you're able to take a blast and still get up. I, I, I don't know exactly. Like, is everything just stun phasers when it comes to Marvel? I, I, so what everything exactly is, is stun phasers and sci-fi in general? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what it's supposed to be, and feel free to add in or correct me if you I'm wrong, but she sort of absorbs the thing and projectiles that back to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get that. Yeah, but I mean, that's it's the same as, like, think of Cyclops yeah. in the cartoon. Like, they would have his blast sometimes obliterate something and sometimes just give you a scratch. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Okay, and we're cool with that. I mean, it's an age-old sci-fi thing that yeah. you just kind of accept. Okay. <laughs> like, every starship has sliding doors. Nobody uses doors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> would true. you say this is super important to watch before in game yes yes i mean not and it's not just for that amazing ending but like do people really need to know who she is and what she can do in order to watch it and enjoy it or not be as confused i mean i <laughs> you know, people always say things like oh well which movies should i watch to catch up and i just kind of say all of them because that's, one, the easiest answer. And I'm like, 
well, should I only watch ones where there's like infinity stones? I'm like, well, no, because even though X movie doesn't have that or tie into that, you still see character progression where if you jump that movie, you might be like, I feel like I missed something. So I think this movie does a good job at developing her. And when Endgame starts, you're going to just kind of know who she is right off the bat. And then they're just going to add to that and build new stuff onto that. Yeah. Right, yeah. Endgame's not going to have, I think, a whole lot of time to go into everybody's backstory. So can you watch Endgame without Captain Marvel? Probably. But do you want her backstory? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend this movie. I want to say that if you don't watch this, you will not be confused or lost at all. But you will lose a lot of the momentum building up to this final battle because this even though most of it takes place before all of this even goes down it would be good to know who she is and why she was called upon when all this shit broke down it's like out of all the heroes why is she called you know and there's a reason for it and if you want to know i would recommend seeing this before in game we're good yeah okay spoiler territory yes, yes. okay <laughs> okay so it looks like we've talked about this in depth without spoilers we are going to take a small break. I'm going to have you guys listen to the Movie Geek of the Week, which is also another podcast called Dregs of Craigs. Uh, it's another podcast out there that is pretty good. They've answered our questions, but we're going to play their promo, and then I will read off the Movie Geek questions that they answered. Then we'll get into spoilers. Hello there, physically attractive podcast listener. My name is Steve Ross. I'm Sean Crandall. I'm Dustin White, and we're the hosts of... Dregs of Craigs. On our podcast, we explore the most bizarre, repulsive, and downright confounding Craigslist ads we can find from all over the country, live for your amusement. Come find out the best place to book an axe throwing party for your child's birthday. Stay up to date on Mario's Hawaiian sex marathon. Or just sit back and relax as we make more anime references than any rational human being should be comfortable with. It's a hilarious exploration of how we as a species are drifting further and further from the possibility of redemption. And we want you along for the ride. Listen to Dregs of Craigs on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so that was uh, Dregs for Craig of, of Craig's um, a promo. And they didn't send us a recording of their answers, but here they did uh, send us their answers. So the first question is their favorite movie. So Dustin said Back to the Future. Yay! Yeah, very good one. Uh, Sean said Princess Mon Mononoke. Hmm. I know out of all of them, that's actually pretty good. Uh, 1999 in the U.S. I know, right? <laughs> one of the best years for animated movies ever. It sure was. It was one of my first in theater. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Steve said Wreck-It Ralph as their favorite movie. I haven't heard that one yet, so thank you, Steve, for that one. <laughs> now, our second question was a movie that they are proud of despite social uh, circle or global hate that others do not like. Uh, so Dustin said for the movie that people hate that he is very proud of, The Benchwarmers. Do you guys remember that one? I do. I remember seeing it in theaters. Did you watch? Oh, did I? See? I don't know if I saw it in theaters. I can't remember. Yeah, that was an okay movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean says Waterworld. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what was that yes for? Huh? Yes, that he's proud of it, or yes, like somebody admits it. You go. And, uh, <laughs> you know, great, 
great uh, stage show at Universal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. Really? Yeah, I didn't watch it. It's got a really cool uh, Universal Pictures logo. Yes. And then the movie starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's even better is they used to do Slaughter World doing, during Halloween Horror Nights, where they just put blood and a bunch of cussing. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve, oh, praise Jesus, somebody said it. He is proud of Lady in the Water. Wow. Yes, I love that answer. Great score by James Newton Howard. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a hater. No, no, I... Hey, look, I would say Mortal Kombat and uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, and Surf Ninjas. So, <laughs> judge away. Oh, my God. I'm so glad somebody likes Lady in the Water. I think it doesn't get enough credit. It's not the worst movie out there. I liked it, too. Thank you. I thought it was cool. So, fan for everybody. Well, thank you guys for answering our two questions. And if any of you who are listening want to be a movie geek of the week... All we need you to do is just DM us on Twitter, MGNP Podcast, or you can email us at mgppodcasts at gmail.com. Send us your answers to our two questions, your favorite movie, and a movie that you're proud of that everyone hates, and we'll make you an honorary movie geek of the week. All right, Sean, so we have to um, announce who won our proud movie draft. And um, also pick a winner for our lottery. Don't think we didn't forget about you guys. We know we had a uh, a draft winner to announce. So first, let's say who won the movie draft. Do you have it up? I do. Of course you have it up. Okay. so who... I can always get it up. <laughs> so who won the movie draft out of the three of us? All right. So no surprise. Team two won by 62%. Against Team 1 and Team 3, both tied at 19%. Okay, and... and team 2 was Sean. Team 2 was Sean. Just Sean. If you guys didn't watch our mini-episode, um, I, Rob, was Team 3, while our guest, Brad, from Cinema Guys, was Team 1. Now, here's the thing. If we had gotten more votes, because this particular draft didn't get that many votes, unfortunately, I think that if we got more votes it would have been a little bit more evened out. There was a possibility for one of us to kind of like even it out with you, but you took a lot of the popular movies. You took a lot of the action movies, but here's the thing. Most of your choices is an ensemble cast film. It is not a Bruce Willis film. And I love the fact that all of those just trump every other movie that he's literally starred in as the lead. I just find that hilarious, but I'm cool. I'm totally cool with losing. It's cool. This isn't my subject anyway, but I did pick my favorite Bruce Willis films as, as opposed to the popular ones. These are my favorite ones. Are they, Sean? Are yeah. they? Sean. The only one that I didn't get was Death Becomes Her. Sean, when was the last time you even spoken about Pulp Fiction? Just the other day, actually. You a lion hoe. They, nobody talks about... Okay, fine. No, I believe you. I actually I believe have you. the limited edition Pulp Fiction figures, Rob, which you've never asked me about. No, I don't really Boom. care. Really care. <laughs> no. But congratulations to Sean. He won the draft. So we decided that uh, for the last uh, episode of March, the winner of the draft would get to pick the movie that we are going to review. So I don't even know what we're doing. Sean, what are we reviewing? I picked a movie that's not super well-known, but more people need to know about it, and Rob's never seen it. Oh, it's a movie I haven't seen. You're finally going to watch A Lifeless Ordinary. 
Ah, okay. Nope, I'm totally cool with that. It is time for me to watch it. Cameron Diaz, Ewan McGregor, Holly Hunter. Great movie. I just keep hearing more plot points in this film, and I'm like, what is this movie? It is not what I thought at all. <laughs> I just keep hearing more and more about it, so I'm excited. Okay, good. Very good choice. Very good choice. Now it is time to pick the lottery winner. So we actually had... We had six winners. Wow! To pick um, um, five Bruce Willis films that ended up in the draft. Unfortunately, nobody won the bigger prize by picking five films that only one of us got. I mean, it was far fetched. I mean, there was three of us. It was all spread out, but we did have six people pick five that ended up in the draft. And I'm going by random on who the winner is of our draft, and the winner of March. Crowd movie draft is Kevin Brackett. So he can be found on Twitter. I'm going to contact uh, Kevin and give him the list of prizes that he can choose from. And I will announce what he uh, chose uh, later on in on Twitter and also probably on our next episode. So congratulations, Kevin Brackett. You have won our uh, draft for March and in April sometime, we will do another draft and another lottery for you guys. Uh, one other thing that I just wanted to point out, there were some other winners who ended up uh, getting this right. Uh, PC Hassler, RL Terry, uh, IMDb Podcast, Cocktail Party Massacre Podcast ended up getting uh, Andrew from Friday the 13th. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. So we had some some winners. Some of the movies that people picked that did not end up in our draft, The Jackal. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. Richard Gere. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think Bruce Willis was a villain in that. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, Unbreakable. Yes, Unbreakable ended up a lot, and unfortunately we did not pick that. I am so sorry, guys. I just wanted one M. Night movie in the draft, and that was going to be Sixth Sense. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other ones that ended up in there but wasn't i think von the the vanity of bonfires was was chosen and um yeah yeah so there were some you know um different ones in there that we didn't think about nick do you have a favorite bruce willis film i love pulp fiction die hard i actually like the first three diehards i like all of them very mm-hmm. much um looper yep that ended up in our draft um Look who's talking to. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> okay. One's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, um, again, thank you all for um, participating. Whoever, um, to all that participated in the lottery, we thank you for your votes as well to the movie draft. And um, let's continue on with the show. Uh, okay. Now let's get to spoilers. Where do we start? What do we want to talk about first? All right. Since we left off with you talking about the pager, I have a question for both of you. There's been a question floating around the internet about why didn't Nick Fury call Captain Marvel earlier? Because if we think about Avengers, New York's being attacked by aliens, and Age of Ultron, Sokovia was, or was it Sokovia? Yeah, Sokovia. Was about to fall and destroy a big chunk of the Earth. Okay, so you do remember she said, only for emergencies. So those aren't emergencies? Those are not emergencies. If I gather a team of six bastards to come and help me (laughs) save the world, and it's so easy for me to push a button because they can't handle it, like, 
No, emergencies. And you know what else I think it is? I don't think um I don't think Fury wanted the government to know she even exists. Mm. I think that she is a very well-kept secret and if they ever tried to like put government on her saying she's not allowed in the, you know, on the planet and whatnot, it would be it would be disastrous. So keep her literally as a secret until the end of days. I have maybe a semi-logical theory. Okay. So oh, my, my theory is not logical <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, Avengers basically takes place over the course of, like, 48 hours. You know what I mean? Like, that portal opens up, and then they fight for an hour, and then save the day. Age of Ultron, kind of the same thing. Like, they're not going there knowing that, you know, the city is about to become, like, a meteorite. It just kind of happens. So, I don't know. How long does it take? Where is she flying from? We don't really know. True. You know what I mean? How long does it take her to get across space? You know? So... I think once uh, Nick Fury kind of realizes what's going on and that something's bigger, he's like, oh, this is something I'm not going to be able to solve right away. And maybe she'll get here and figure something out. Just throwing that out there. I don't really know. Okay. That, answer. that was a more logical answer than Rob's. <laughs> but I'd actually agree. Nick Fury had a whole team. Like, he doesn't need to call in Captain Marvel. Yeah. What do, what, what do you think? That's, that's what Oh, yeah, yeah. you just agree. He like, already had the Avengers. He had Thor, who's pretty high up there in power he, level yeah. so why why waste his big card on captain marvel when he already had a plan oh Whereas like like nick said he was disappearing like that was his last ditch effort so do you think captain marvel like marvels over all of the the avengers do you think anybody could take her <sighs> <laughs> Look, i mean it's one of those questions like oh who's more powerful this person or this person and usually i go to whoever's writing it and for whatever reason plot needs it to be kevin feige said captain marvel is the smartest uh sorry the most powerful person in the marvel universe so i guess you know maybe she could go toe-to-toe with thor but i guess it depends on what the story is yeah yeah actually i saw something where she's described as the strongest person on earth so i think that's a hint as to like a more intergalactic marvel in the phase to come so can she go up against Avengers? I think like Nate or Nick, I know I'm going to call you Nate multiple times. <laughs> like Nick said, um, I think her challenge would be Thor, but I think she'd outdo him eventually. Okay. All right. So even Hulk can't take her. Oh yeah, there's Hulk. But Thor can beat Hulk because in Thor Ragnarok, he like lightnings him unconscious. That's true. Touche. But- <laughs> I want to say that I love the opening tribute to Stanley with the Marvel logo and of course his, you know, cameo in the movie. He got a really big reaction in my theater that we went to and both times I saw it, people cheered and clapped. Yeah. That was a really nice moment. Do you think they'll continue doing that for the rest of like for the next couple of movies, or do you think it was just for this one that we'll just see him throughout the Marvel logo? Mm. I mean, I don't think it'll go beyond these other two movies if they do it, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it maybe maybe the next two movies. Mm-hmm. But speaking of his uh, his cameo, this one's getting a lot of attention. Oh, is it okay? Why? Because the fact that he's reading his lines for Mallrats means that the superheroes exist within <laughs> the world where he's making Mallrats, and the guys from Mallrats are big comic book fans. So why are they comic book fans if the superheroes actually exist in that world? And does Stan Lee, just is he like part of that world and he comes to ours and writes the comics about life? 
or is he a reporter in that world? Like, what's going on? I have no <laughs> idea. Just the fact that he was holding that Mallrat script was everything. Apparently, yes. Kevin Smith cried. Cute. Yeah, he put out that picture of him. And then he asked if he got dusted because now he's part of the MCU. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he uh, feels like it was the MCU's way of accepting him. Of accepting who? Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. That no, that that was really awesome. So do you, so you don't think Kevin Smith knew that that was even going to be in it? Mm-mm. That's funny. <laughs> I love that. I I I just thought that tribute was so nice, and you know, Stanley's going to live on. So yeah, that's good. Do you think he filmed any other cameos before this? Do you think he did Endgame already? Yeah, apparently, I he they filmed out in Atlanta, so apparently they uh, flew him out. Once where they knew what like his next ten cameos were gonna be, like three years ago. So I guess maybe he'll have one in Endgame and maybe Spider Man, but we don't really know how far they got. But presumably, yes. Mm-hmm. And apparently that scene where uh Captain Marvel acknowledges him was added in later after he passed away. Okay. Where she kinda gives a little nod like hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I read something was tweaked with. Uh, what do we think of the origin story of her? Just how she got her powers, the way that they executed and told us about it. What do you think about that execution of the story there? So I'm not super familiar, Nick. Did she get um, amnesia in the comics like that? Uh, not that I recall. Okay. I thought it worked well for the movie. Besides that, it was pretty close to her origin. The biggest change I noticed was Marvel was a female. Okay, and were we okay with that? I mean, there's no reason why you need to be male, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. So why do you think people were more okay with Marvel being a woman than, say, the Ancient One? The Ancient One? The Ancient One from Doctor Strange, played by... um, Tilda Swinton. Oh, well, well, I don't know if Marvel was a Caucasian in the comics, but to not only change the race... But also the gender, I think, is just probably, in their opinion, going a little bit too far. Okay. When so there isn't more of the race car. Yeah. So it's more of the race car. I I think Tilda Swinton is amazing. You know, anything you put her in, gold, right? But I mean, to to go like man and woman, that's fine. But then you're also changing the race. They could have gotten an Asian woman a player if they really wanted to do something different and make it their mm-hmm. own. But to go that far, and she's like the whitest woman in America, <laughs> so. I don't know. I, I that's what I'm that's what my theory is. I just thought it was interesting out of all the race, gender swaps, everything we've heard about, not a word about Annette Benny. Yeah. Well, she's Annette Benny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, would you like were you cool with how they presented like their story and everything? After watching this movie, if you go back and watch the two main trailers that were released, different movie. In yeah. a good way. In a good way. Like mm-hmm. secrets played very close to the chest. So I mean full on spoilers. The whole movie, like the whole marketing campaign tells you the scrolls are the villains, which are some of the most famous Marvel villains ever. Okay. They're not bad guys. And <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I really liked it. I thought that was a very uh, uh, ballsy move. That was very, you know, was able to flip the switch on me. And um, Ben Mendelsohn is terrific as, I keep wanting to say Talos, but it's Talos. Talos. Thank you. You said it first because I was going to call him Talos. Yeah. So that's how I've always read it. But okay. How I was reading it, but it's like it's Doctor Strange. Everybody says Dormammu, but it's Dormammu, <laughs> <laughs> which I only knew from the Spider-Man cartoon in the nineties. Um, 
yeah, the Skrulls, you know, are some of the biggest villains in Marvel Comics history, and they were created in the 60s during a Fantastic Four number two, and they were sort of the uh, allegory for what was going on with the Cold War, you know, like, do you know who your neighbor is, which is why they're shapeshifters, you know, infiltrating from within, and then this movie kind of did a more modern take where they're refugees, they're immigrants, they're trying to find better lives for their children elsewhere. So I really dug that, and she finds out she's sort of working for the bad guys. So, having said all that, do you think that the what scrolls, scrolls, scrolls? Do you think their method presented them as like we're not here to harm you? We're just, or did I guess were they desperate attempts, or because some of the stuff you you know you look at and you think, oh, villain, right? Like if they weren't villains, do you think their tactics was acceptable? and justify, you know, some of the stuff that they were doing? That's a very real-world question, Rob. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I can answer <laughs> getting some hate mail. I thought, I thought the movie very accurately showed a war going on where both sides see themselves as good, but they're both doing warlike things that are seen as evil at the same time. You know, they're just doing what they have to do to survive. Yeah. So you brought up, you know, um, Middleson. And right away, I had this very weird vibe about his voice because, and I was telling Sean this, I was like, he pulled a Hades and just decided to talk with his normal voice while still being this overall villain. And I'm like, I haven't really seen anybody do that or tackle it that way, except for James Woods when he did Hercules. And so I was like, oh, okay, they're trying something new. I get it. That's cool. And yeah, I mean, there are other villains out there that don't use the, but you know, you have to look a little threatening and their makeup didn't do it for me as far as threatening goes. So I was like, oh, he's using his, you know, normal voice. I didn't think too much about it, but it still gave me this weird vibe. And now it makes sense for him to be good because of said like less threatening, you know, voice. I don't know if they did that on purpose or not, but it just explains why I felt weird about it. I just expected him to have more of this like evil doer voice, you know? Um, but yeah, I thought he was a really funny character and um, yeah, I, I liked his tie in into it. And the, now that I know that they weren't even, they were supposed to be like the most evil people ever. That just makes it a lot better for me that they did it differently. Cause it, it happened to fool you two and you guys yeah. didn't figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people really thought that with the scrolls coming into the movies, that's where the future movies would go. That they, there's a whole story called Secret Invasion where the scrolls take over popular heroes and subvert um, the community that way. So now that's in question. Like, is that going to be where it goes or not? Now, mm-hmm. do you think they'd make the scrolls evil at this point? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I mean, I guess you, you know, if it's an entire planet race like full of people i guess some could be <laughs> yeah <laughs> but at the same time they did such a good point just kind of making them something else that i kind of hope they just stick to this yeah. yeah that's what i was thinking they could make some of them evil like you said but then that kind of subverts this movie yeah. i mean with a lot of these movies i i often growing up reading this stuff and watching the animated programs as a young child i'm always sort of taken aback at like oh, wow i'm watching this written large on the big screen you know and i don't think a lot of people who maybe didn't like grew up in the time when we did when all they were were like a couple of Batman and Superman movies. Sometimes I feel like a lot of this stuff goes unappreciated. Like the scene that keeps going back in my head is them all in Louisiana and like there's scrolls in a farmhouse 
You know what I mean? And I'm just like, this is so weird and awesome. You know, and, I just, and little things like that, I just really appreciate. Like the action is great. You know, all the big sci-fi elements are great. But I'm like, it's kind of like a, my favorite part. And I know a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with this, but like my favorite part of Age of Ultron is all the stuff at the farmhouse, Hawkeye's mm-hmm. farmhouse, you know? Oh, yeah. I just yeah. love watching these larger-than-life characters just be people. Yeah. You know, so a lot of the little moments that come out in those scenes are what really stand out. I'm like, yeah, somebody's taking this seriously enough to have like an Academy Award winning actress and a guy in green alien makeup standing next to each <laughs> other and just like waiting for an AOL loading screen to come. <laughs> Can I tell you, I had a moment with Rob where I think I crushed like his movie dreams because I was telling him about how Black Widow and Hawkeye were together in the comics. He's like, what did Hawkeye's wife think about that? Oh. Like, he doesn't have a wife. What? I love his wife. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty sad about that. But look, that's one of the great things that the MCU has been doing. You know, they've earned a right to make their own thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they've built up all these things. Like Red Skull isn't the guardian of the Soul Stone, but it makes sense for the movies. Hawkeye doesn't have this family, but the way the films go, like they've earned the right to make that a plot point. You know, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what they're doing. They're do- taking the essence of these great stories and making them their own. Yeah. 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 Um, so a lot of people are just giving MP- MVP to goose the cat. Do you guys like goose the cat or was uh, it overrated? I love goose the cat. I thought that was such a funny ongoing joke and the payoff was perfect. I, I don't know who goose the cat is. Well, in the comics, it's get ready chewy. to get your <laughs> dreams crushed. Again, yeah. Bro. It's Chewy in the comics. What do you mean Chewy? That's the name, Chewy. Oh, yeah. Chewy. Okay, because she's a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so why would that? Oh, yeah, because the Star Wars, huh? Blech. Whatever. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. So describe to me what Chewy is. I don't even know who Goose is. So it's just like it was in. Well, in the comics, Carol finds the cat. Um, was it on? I think on a planet or mm-hmm. yeah. And she just has this cat, and it's the same kind of running joke where somebody tells her that's not a cat, that's a flurkin. Mm-hmm. I think it was Rocket, even, or somebody. But they kept pointing it out, and it turns out it is an alien, just like in the movie. Okay. So it plays out pretty much the same way, just different name. Okay. Um, yeah, I expected the cat to talk. I'm oh. kind of mad that it didn't, but they just gave so much praise to this cat, and I was like, the cat hasn't said one word. Why do we love this cat? I don't get it. But um, no, the, no, the cat was cool. I, th- I thought it was cool. I kept telling people that didn't know anything about it. They're like, this cat has its own poster in the IMAX theater. And I was like, yeah, don't look anything up about it. I was yeah. like, I don't know what they're going to do in the movie with it, but just just save yourself from spoilers. Like, yeah. don't even look it up. You know? <laughs> One thing I was really excited about, I even like turned and grabbed Chris and was like, I know who that is, was the inclusion of Monica Rambo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so let's just praise her for a little bit here i love her i love that actress i think i'm gonna love her character even more because this woman is so far removed well maria's the mom monica's the daughter oh okay i'm i'm talking about monica okay yeah sorry are you talking about the mom right no i'm talking about the the daughter daughter. yeah the daughter yeah Yeah, i'm talking about the daughter yeah i just you know she's just this like not innocent bystander, but she's just kind of there. And, you know, yeah, she kind of grew up with, you know, uh, Carol just being in her life, but she has no, nothing in stake in this at all. And then she still just still becomes a part of this mm-hmm. world and she's super smart and she is, 
just she, in the movie, she was just funny and just like, I need you to go on this death defying mission, possibly be killed. You're setting a bad example for me yep. if you don't go. I just, I just loved her character so much. I thought she was awesome. Yeah, they did a really good job with her, and she was actual. Can I spoil it? Yeah, of okay. course. She becomes a hero, Rob. I so I did turn to you and I go, you know, who was she supposed to be? Because they've made clues. And so you told me who she was. I thought, did you did you know who she was, Nick? When they said her name and like hints or yeah, whatever? No, I knew all about her. Oh, okay, so I, I knew the mom was like placing her as the best friend. Okay. Like so I knew nothing and I immediately went, Oh my god, that's Ironheart. Please let it be uh, Ironheart. I want it to be Ironheart so much, uh, but no, that's Riri Williams. Exactly. So I, I didn't know. So well, Monica actually was Miss Marvel for a time. Oh, fun! They had a Black Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. Fun. And she was the leader of the Avengers for a while. Oh, okay. So she was black in the comics too. Yeah. Oh, nice. She has that same crazy hairstyle, and yeah, she's okay. a cool character. So explain to everyone who she's gonna be. So her name is Spectrum. She has light powers. She's experimenting with light, and much like, very similar to Carol, there's an explosion which imbues her with light, so she can actually turn into light. She can shoot light. She's just a pretty cool character. That's awesome. I think she sounds cool. I can't wait. Uh, Gemma Chen was in it, who I'm kind of obsessed with right now, and I didn't recognize her under all that makeup. I was like, she was Minerva. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that was her. I love her. I just think she's awesome, so I was glad to see her, too. Uh, and then Coulson, I didn't even think twice that he was going to be in this oh, movie. Really? Nope, I didn't. I had no idea. Oh, when yeah. he popped out of the car, I was so happy. <laughs> but he didn't have a big enough part, in my opinion. I wish he was in it a little bit more. Like, I don't know, it just kind of, Samuel just, like, ditched his partner and was like, I'm just going to kick it with Bree this whole time. Screw you, you do whatever you want. I mean, to be fair, he does have his own TV series. That is true. That is true. It's a nice trade-off, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not hurting for cash right now, so don't feel too bad for him. Um, did you guys like how Marvel got her powers? Is that how it happens in the comics, too? Were we okay with it just being an accident? I liked uh, it... Um, oh, no, go, go ahead. I liked it a little bit better because in the comics, there's the explosion, and she's basically... Um, she basically... How, what word should I use? Isn't it like transferred to her from Marvel to like keep yeah. her alive? Marvel, the male Marvel, his powers are transferred to her, kind of like the blood transfusion they talked about that she got from Ron Yogg in the movie or mm -hmm. Yon Rog. So I could see that being completely kind of what's I can't think of words right now. But the fact that she would have gotten her powers from a man, I could see that not going well with the theme of the movie. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so, bravo. Um, yeah, no, that's good. Can I talk about something that I want to bring up about this movie? Of course. That I really enjoyed, though. This movie takes place in 1995, the greatest year for pop culture history of all time. Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you can tell by the glorious soundtrack with garbage and no doubt. Um, but this movie also, like, certain scenes feel like a movie that's made in 1995. And I mean this in a good way. Mm -hmm. Like the scene where she's on top of the train and Fury and Coulson are chasing it. I felt like I was watching like a Richard Donner or Jan de Bont film like Speed or Lethal Weapon 3 or something like that, you know? Nick, I swear to you, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I, it was just in my head like, 
are they did they do their research and intentionally make it feel like a 90s action movie i really and that's the exact scene when i felt it it was that car chase and all of that madness that happened on the train i don't know what it was but it really felt 90s yeah and one of the great things about it is if you're not following along like the way we are if you're not in this movie sphere where you're in this constant news cycle the average person probably didn't know this movie takes place in the past because it opens up in space and everybody's got future advanced technology and everything. So when she finally falls into the blockbuster and then has to go over to Radio Shack, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And did you guys notice what movie she picks up when she's in Blockbuster? I, I wanted to remember. The only thing that I remember it's is the, the right tr- stuff from 1983, the astronaut <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. From I, the Edwards Air Force Base in California. Nice. The only thing I remember is the True Lies Standy. And there was like a couple of movies on the on the shelves that Look. I recognized a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I re- to live and let uh, live and let die in L.A. Yeah, and Ghostbusters when the camera's panning in, I see. <laughs> my first job was Blockbuster, so I recognize every single cover because I saw them every <laughs> single day for years. If I saw it a second time, I think I would notice a lot more. But um, yeah, just looking at those popcorn tubs and all of those stacked candies everywhere, and just those name tags of each genre come here for this like it just brought back so much i hope that one remaining blockbuster in bend oregon gets a boost now oh they're gonna get a super <laughs> boost and if anything they'll just go there thinking that it was filmed there <laughs> since it's like big and then like when she asks the security guard where's your communication device or tools or whatever and she he points that way i thought i was gonna see this gigantic phone booth <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it was it was cool to have it in the 90s. You know when it really felt 90s to me was when they went to the Rambo farm. That just totally felt like like Terminator 2, mm-hmm. the whole middle scene with the Sarah Connor and them fixing yeah. up the when Terminator. down to Mexico and yeah. stuff, yeah. So when we were advertising this movie, MG's, Sean mentioned something. He needed to see this if he's going to go to this <laughs> 90s themed movie in Captain Marvel. And what was it, Sean? Treasure Trolls. Yes, and we got Treasure Trolls probably 10 minutes before the movie ended. It was out of nowhere, but it was on that that ship that they found. Isn't and there also like, one in Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. as well? <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite part was there were two people in between Rob and I when we were watching this, and both of us leaned forward to look at each other. We like, oh my God, they got the, the trolls. trolls. The trolls came. That was so <laughs> epic. That was so epic. You picked the most random thing, and they showed it. <laughs> That is so because I didn't stay for those post credits. You're like, I'm done. I'm good. I didn't think they were going to show the trolls. It was the movie was almost over. I was like, where are you going to put trolls at? Like, it's not going to be on Fury's desk. Like, so I just thought that was amazing. That was really good. Um, Sean, what was your favorite song? Uh, My favorite. Ooh, that's hard. There's two. Um, I was so happy to hear garbage during the movie, but I'd say no doubt. I love. um, I'm just a girl. I'm just a girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know why i'm blinking so much tonight no it's okay um so the running gag of nick fury's eye how did we like that it's fine i i was like it's cute it's kind of what i thought was gonna happen to be honest after a while i was like all right well, really the danger's over i was like it's gonna be the cat <laughs> you know what i mean so it wasn't a combination of all of his injuries it really just was the cat that did it i mean i think so because the whole joke with colson is so you really lost your eye getting burnt out by a Kree warrior or something. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I can't confirm or deny that. Cause I think if there was something cool that happened to it, he would have said that, you know? So I think it's just like, eh, got infected because of the cat. 
Yeah, that made me laugh. I think it worked. Yeah. Uh, but do you know the, because in Winter Soldier, he says, last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. Oh, that's the one. Of the he chaos. loved that cat so much. I did like his playful banner with the cat. I hope yeah. in Endgame he finally goes back. We see Nick Fury's apartment and Goose is just like still alive. And <laughs> actually, I've heard that Goose is going to be in Endgame. Oh, fun. He eats Thanos. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. This movie gave a lot of answers to other movies, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Project Pegasus is like in the first Avengers movie, but nobody notices because it's just written on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that uh, base that they arrive at at the first Avengers is the same base that they spend all the time at in this movie. Yeah. That gets sunken into the ground in Avengers. And I think Tony Stark even has a Project Pegasus box in Iron Man 2 when Nick Fury gives him like all of his dad's stuff. One of them is labeled Pegasus and the other one's Project Goliath, I think. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you guys love the fact that the whole time what they were all looking for was the Tesseract? Yeah. Yeah. God, that was amazing. I was like, just a way to tie it all in. And that was his first like experience with it. Oh, God, I just love that. I just love that. It's so good. And it makes sense because the next time you see it is the post credit scene of Thor where he's showing Dr. Selvig. Okay, so I know we've been at this for about an hour, but there is one thing that I really wanted to kind of focus on and get your opinion on we i've seen and heard a lot of reviews on this movie since it was released and yeah i i've heard both yes is good yes is eh, or whatever um but i there was a very heavy like inconsistent view on brie larson's acting whether it was good or not believable whatever the case may be there was just not enough saying one side or the other. So I made a huge point to go to Twitter and ask these MGs, like, what do they think about Brie Larson's acting? And once again, it was still very split. And when I walked out of it, I honestly was not impressed as much. But I thought about it more, and I think there was a reason behind the stoic, sort of bland, sort of, thing that she was giving and she probably doesn't even look at her performance as bland or stoic or kind of whatever but at the same time there's this thing in the middle where it's just like she did great and then she did shitty and so what do you guys think of her acting overall in this movie do you think she gave it her all do you think that she should have been different no i thought she was terrific i i guess i can see what people mean because in the trailers that was sort of my worry it looked a little wooden but once i saw the movie and you know even at the beginning when she still doesn't have all of her memories you know she's kind of sassy to jude law and things like that but then you see her like running around with those cuffs on the ship and the scroll screaming at her and she just screams back at it with her tongue out and making like a like ridiculous face and everything i was like no she's got personality but she has personality that she doesn't know where it comes from you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and the way this film unfolds I would imagine that you have to pick and choose your moments as to like, how much do you bring out? How much do you show? There's that scene where um, they're at the the house in Louisiana and the daughter's showing her all of the pictures of her life. And, you know, the voice just starts going over and you're just kind of getting this jumbled mess of memories. And I think to me, at that point in the movie, she kind of becomes Captain Marvel proper after that. I mean, I don't know if people are talking about like, oh, she 
just kind of sounds stoic constantly, or if they're just talking about the way Brie Larson's actual voice is, like, you can't really do a whole lot about that unless you're going to just start making silly sounds, right? <laughs> so it's interesting to call out one of our listeners, SVO gig, Oscar. He actually went into the movie not liking Brie Larson and not thinking she's worthy of this role. And I just talked to him today after he saw the movie. He's like, I think she did a great job. Okay. So he's a hater who came out a, a liker. Very good. But um, the reason I didn't love her the first time was, like I said, she seemed a little bit wooden. But seeing it again, I can kind of see why. She plays a soldier. So she is in a lot of very serious moments in you know wartime. So... Um, Seeing that along with, I think her humor is very dry because when she delivers her kind of sarcastic line when she's fighting, it comes off as almost unemotional. But I think with the way her humor is being dry, it's still funny. So I think I could see where people, if you don't like dry humor, if you don't see her as a soldier, it may just come off as wooden instead of fun. Okay. I mean, not everybody has to be Tony Stark and Doctor Strange, you know? Right. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily looking for that either. It's just like, I've seen her in United States of Terra, and I think she is hysterical on that show. And her humor is super dry and sarcastic. Uh, and then, you know, she's an Oscar-winning actress, you know? But people are saying, well, this is completely different than what she did in the past. She has to be this action hero who is very bright and vibrant and whatnot and um i didn't go in with expectations i just think that there were moments that she kind of didn't take ownership of i don't know it, it could be a smize or a smirk or just a look or something <laughs> no no go go ahead and and i don't know that there i just think that she and not to say like you need all of those to be to be like you know oh you're you're a good marvel actress if you get all of these moments and you get people to applaud or whatever i just think there were so many opportunities where she could have just like said one word or or a catchphrase or or just a look and people would have just cheered the shit out of her and i think she just missed the mark on some of those and so it just to me made me a little disappointed when i first saw this because i know she can do it and there was just something about the way she delivered some of the stuff where she was supposed to come off as like a smart ass, especially against Fury. And it just didn't click. There was that one scene where uh, she's looking at the map of L.A. and the guy's like, come on, sweetheart, give me a smile. And she like flicks the newspaper back up over her face and things like that. So I thought those were her like little comedic moments, but they were they were subtle. And she does various versions of things like that throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I get it. There was no big like moment where like you know nick fury's like can you fly the ship and she's like we'll see and he's like that's a yes or no and she's like yes like you know you're <laughs> right there's no like hell yeah i can you mm -hmm. know what i mean so well i mean i did like when she just shot you law she's like man to man come on let's just duke <laughs> it out and she's like bitch please and then well, just yeah, that's the yeah she doesn't have to prove anything exactly kind of my whole idea of like what she's doing throughout the whole movie is like both brie and carol I don't, Whatever, to I don't have to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> no. So I'm just going to read just a couple um, of responses that we got. So like Tom Hanks Defense Force said, Larson was a solid, likable lead. Can't wait to see what she does next with the next role. 
Uh, one movie punch, Brie was great. The comedic bits were uh, especially hilarious. Uh, Ghost of the Stratosphere, Brie was an absolute home run. She was a funny and charismatic, engaging on every level, wonderful performance. But then we got some that didn't really like. Um, Pin O Comics uh, said she was bland as all get out. I have no issue with her, but the few things I have seen her in have all shown that she's just not a very charismatic actress. Uh, there was even a split with uh, the cinema guys. I thought she was great in the movie. This is what Brad said. But looking uh, forward to seeing her and Captain, you know, more as Captain Marvel. But the co-host didn't feel the same, and they thought she was meh. And um, um, let me see. One giant leap for geeks. It was okay. She reminded me of Tony Stark in some respects with the quips and banner. Other times she was just too distant and stoic. And the whole film was about not letting her emotions get the best of her. So I think she was trained not to be so out there. And that's kind of why you see what you see. But to be more honest, she needed to show a bit more emotion. I was asked by a coworker who, if I didn't love Brie Larson, because I talked to her after the first time I saw it, she's like, who do you think should have played it? So do you have anyone who you think could no, have done better? No, not at all. Well, I mean... No, not at all. I mean, I, I don't know Captain Marvel. I would I immediately just go, if they needed a blonde woman who I absolutely love, Kristen Bell. Hands down, she'll be my answer for everything. So I would have casted her. She was on Heroes. I thought she pulled it off very well. She was even the villain in that one. I could see her doing her little good place game on, on this movie <laughs> as Marvel and kicking ass. That's who I would pick. How about you, Nick? I mean, honestly, before they announced it, I could have put money down on a table in Vegas and said uh, Emily Blunt was going to be Captain Marvel. Oh, Lowe that would Because be she was almost Black Widow mm -hmm. for Iron Man 2, but then she was like, no, nah, I got to do Gulliver's Travels. Um, <laughs> literally, that's what it was. She, she had a scheduling issue, and I guess she couldn't take the role. Wow. And so I was like, well, somebody over at Marvel is going to get Emily Blunt to one of these movies, and I thought this would probably be the one. Yeah. I want to see her as Invisible Woman. I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> There's like fan pictures of John Krasinski yeah. and Emily Blunt as... I said um, Emma Watson, but she told me Emma Watson's too small to play Captain Marvel. Mm. But I think she would have been badass. So you 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 know mentioned that you were okay with her acting a little bit more because we were on the same page the very first mm -hmm. time. So did anything change? Were you watching her closely or something? Or um, yeah, I think the second time I saw it, just um, some of the parts that I thought were kind of slow the first time, like, for example, being on the farm for what seemed like kind of forever, didn't seem like it took as long. So I think knowing the pacing and where the movie was going um, was an easier watch. But just kind of knowing what jokes she was going to land or not land <laughs> <laughs> um, helped me just kind of look at it from a more objective view. And it fit a little bit more. Like I noticed where she was funny and the things that she was saying, just not in the way I think I expected. Okay. Okay. So are we ready to rate this film? Is there anything else that we missed that we should talk about? Can I just point out when I was watching the beginning of this movie and they're all in their star force uniforms coming out of the water, which is later mirrored by the scrolls. Um, invading each other's home turf but uh i was like man they should make a green lantern movie and i totally forgot that there was a really crappy green lantern movie. <laughs> yeah because this whole thing was like oh they, they're green and they look like the green lantern Corps going to another planet mm -hmm. and then i was like oh yeah that happened and oops yeah <laughs> new ones percolating though mm. yeah so we'll see 
Uh, so what are we rating Captain Marvel? I was going to say like Goose the Cat, but if somebody has something better. Blockbuster videos. <laughs> awesome. Nick, do you have a suggestion? What the hell are you? What? <laughs> goose the Cat? <laughs> I don't know. Three gooses? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Remember, because we have to pick like the the metric of our rating because we always attach it to some kind of like reference in the movie or something oh okay so am i rating it by well no no no. like we're gonna give it a number so do you remember when we did ant-man what did we rate ant-man i forgot what we rated those oh yeah we rated it like hello kitty because there was a hello kitty test so yeah we were just like picking stuff out of it so like if you pick some kind of reference from captain marvel what would it be um part where it's gonna have to be edited down because of my long <laughs> oh it's okay um stanley cameo <laughs> stanley <laughs> okay. opening marvel credits okay thank you stan <laughs> which one should we do sean we can do goose the cat okay okay let's do goose the cat how many goose the cats do you give captain marvel so i really like this movie it's rewatchable it's fun i'd recommend it I think I'm not going to give it a perfect score just because Brie Larson could have been better. Okay. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. Okay. All right. Is this out of five? Yes, it's out okay. of five. Um, see, I'm not good with the numbers or the well, letters. Well, how do you do it? Like, it was just good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, more of a letter grade, I guess. Okay, it's go ahead. for me. No, go ahead. when you say like three point something, everyone's like, why is it so low? But that's not low. That's high to me. You know it's actually I mean? very high, yeah. So, okay. I, I will say this movie is like, if there was something in between a B and a B plus for me, I would do that. Okay. B plus and a half. Okay. <laughs> very good. Uh, for me, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I think it's rewatchable. I think it's a fun movie. I love the 90s aspect of it. Uh, as far as the origin, it's completely different than what I'm used to seeing, as well as its execution and tone. Brie Larson... I adore you. I think you're amazing. Did I want to see a different type of Captain Marvel? Just a smidge. So for me, I'm I'm at a three. Wow. This is not one of my favorites out of the bunch. I love the introduction of her character. Uh, I don't know if I wanted more action or something, but like I said before, I just think she is just too powerful for her own good which doesn't really give me too much excitement. I saw some really cool effects, but as far as a hero, I, you know, we got a very fun chapter origin story for her. I I'm waiting for more death, I guess you can say. So now that she has all of her memory back, maybe we'll learn more about her, but I just didn't get that in this solo film. So I'm at a three, which is higher than half, but yeah. So three goose, the cats for me. And most of these movies are all pretty good to, excellent <laughs> it's yeah. not like in bad company or anything to yeah be like not in the top five exactly but have there like. have been people who have straight up and down like this and black panther is like their only marvel movie that they absolutely love this is like the best one i heard somebody say i, I mean i wish we had like uh, a girl here who grew up reading comics and like always or just someone who didn't you know what i mean and just we are three guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean i'm sure like for a lot of little girls like in between uh after I saw the movie, I went out to lunch and we saw like an eight-year-old in a Captain Marvel jacket. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. You know? Now, I have a question for you, Nick. 
am I, as a man, allowed to wear a Captain Marvel jacket? Absolutely. Thank you. Why is you that? Could, you could wear a Wonder Woman outfit, too, if you want, especially on Hollywood Boulevard. Because I told Rob I wanted a Captain Marvel jacket, and he said, let the woman have their hero. You cannot wear that. <laughs> I did make a joke. I did make... No, I mean, I would never tell a, a little boy or something that they couldn't wear, like, a Wonder Woman outfit. What I'm saying is, Sean, as a grown man, does not need to wear a Captain Marvel. There are many of heroes that you could be wearing, and you want to be her. And I was like, you should just let them have theirs. But Fine, go get your rope. Thank you. <laughs> Are you going to buy one? I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, that does it for our review of Captain Marvel. Uh, thank you guys for helping me review this. Uh, we have just a little bit more stuff going on. We still have a question of the week. So we're going to read our favorite answers. We're not going to go through all of them, but we're going to be our read our favorites. Uh, so here is the question of the week. Question. Name a female superhero who deserves her own solo film. And bonus question, which actress should play her? All right, so what were some of the favorites that you saw on there? So Ryan L. Terry, not only because he tagged me in it, but I liked his answer. He chose Storm. Very good. And let's see, so to play her... I don't think there was one chosen. Oh, he didn't. I don't, yeah, a lot of a lot of people kind of just said, you know, who they wanted and didn't worry about the bonus question, which is totally fine. But I do have an answer for the bonus question. So on Instagram, um, Nate His Fate also said Ooh, Storm. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also said Storm. Uh, he didn't come up with a person who would play her. Uh, you know, he's always wanted Angela Bassett to do it, but, you know, obviously too old for the role. Um, but uh, another uh, Instagrammer, uh, Ben J Ben Jack eighty three, said, uh, "Yeah, Aja Naomi King, who plays Michaela on How to Get Away with Murder, uh, he chose her to be Storm, and I think that is an excellent choice. Very, very good. If whoever watches that show knows what I'm talking about, I think she would make an excellent Storm. Let's see who else do we get? Oh, SVO gig. So Oscar said, Dust. Oh, oh. X Men, yeah." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who Dust is, but uh, he also said that it should be played by Marina Gal- Galbahari. Do you guys know who that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, he says, I think if this hero, um, uh, too many little girls in the Middle East were made into a film under Kevin's overseeing direction, it would be a socially important film, is what he said. Um, Nile360 on Instagram also said uh, Domino. Uh, should get her own uh, film. Would make a great solo film, more like a spy film. Also, um, always like Magic or Death Bird. Uh, he said Magic? Yeah. Yes. Isn't Magic in a, it's supposed to be in this new Mutants movie that's yeah, probably never going to come out? I know, right? Yeah. Was um, there any other good ones that you liked? PC Hassler said Zatanna needs her own movie, and I think... Aubrey Plaza would kill it. Fuck. I agree. Yes, that was such <laughs> a good that's, answer. That's something I didn't know I wanted until now. Right, I exactly. really, really like that answer, and we'll see how Child's Play plays out, because I may not like her at all after that movie. <laughs> I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. She's great in, uh, on Legion. Yeah, I gave up on Legion. But, yes. She's, she's still great. In it. I know. I heard she was really great. She's outside of her normal wheelhouse in that show, for sure. Yeah. Anyone else that stood out, Sean? 
Um, two people did say Jubilee, but I don't see them saying who would play her. I suggested the one who played her in the other movie, and but she's super popular now. It's um, it's Lana. Yeah, Lana Condor. Yeah. So I mean, I she's in Deadly Class right now, killing it. She was in that All the Boys that she loved. But I mean, I think she is just popular enough to get her own Jubilee movie now. So I'd do it. So was there any other ones? I would just hope that movie takes place in the 90s as well. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so that was our uh, question of the week. Um, Sean, Nick, we need your answers. I always forget this part. Who do you who do you want? Okay, so you're my witness because I called this out on Thursday. Okay, my answer is I want a Miss Marvel movie. Okay, so I'm really excited that we're probably getting that now. And who would play her? I said Aparna Vinod, which she is a big Bollywood actress. Okay, and I think she looks the part. Very good, very good. What about you, Nick? Uh, I'm gonna go with, and yes, I'm serious. I feel like maybe you already know where I'm going with this. The unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yes, I was hoping you'd say Squirrel Girl. (laughs) I can't stand her. Okay, who's going to play her? Who's going to play her? So, okay, I don't know exactly who, you know, I throw a talented person into the role and I'll I'll see what they do. But depends like when you do it, because she's supposed to be like roughly college age. So this person is too old, even though they look, look like they're 16 years old. Kate Micucci or Kate Micucci type, I feel like would be really good. But apparently Kate Micucci is like 35, 34. Remind me who that is. Um, she's part of that band. You, you know her. He's Garfunkel and Oates. And okay. she's Webby on DuckTales. Oh, cute. Okay, I think I know who you're talking <laughs> and about. And in a billion other things. She's been like a guest star on every single sitcom ever for like the last 10 years. Okay. Um someone like that but i would rather go younger i'd rather have them cast like an actual 19 year old actress or something yeah 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 no i totally and get this that. would have to be a silly movie like this could not be like her uh standing next to the other avengers going up against thanos like the tone just would not fit <laughs> now i played squirrel girl in a lego game and one of her abilities was that she like throws squirrels at people is that one of her things well she she kind of communicates with them and She's got a monkey Joe who passed away, and now she's got Tippy Toe, who's kind of her main go-to squirrel that helps her out. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... She's also the babysitter for Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, is she? Yeah. That's funny. I didn't know they had a... What? Doesn't matter. No spoilers. All the shows are canceled. They had a kid? <laughs> yeah, they're together. Oh, my God. That's why when he slept with um, the detective, I was like, what the fuck is this show? Well, that's why I was like <laughs> surprised because I thought it was about to be him and her. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, fine. They're a Marvel power couple. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, you guys might have to help me out with this because I have two actresses and it all depends on the age she's supposed to be or can be. I want Ironheart. I want Ironheart. I need Ironheart in my life. I just love the fact that this black woman just takes over for Iron Man. I just I just want it. But what age is she supposed to be when she gets the suit? She's supposed to be a college kid, right? Because doesn't she at MIT? Okay. Okay. Very good. So I read somewhere that she was also like 15 years old and, and when she got the suit or something. I, I But I, I don't know. So I, I did choose an age-appropriate person. But if she is supposed to be in college... Well, she uh, might be in college, but still be 15. I'm not sure. <laughs> that is... I think yeah. she's a teenager. Okay, so I'm going to pick an actress who looks like she could be in high school. 
but clearly isn't because age, she's 31 years old. She probably didn't want me to say her age on TV, but I did, or on TV, on, on the podcast, but I am anyway. I am choosing uh, Ashley Murray to play Ironheart. Now, Ashley Murray is Josie from Riverdale. Oh, okay. She'd be good. I think she would make an amazing Ironheart, and I just want to see that happen since we may not get Iron Man after Endgame. True. I'm still sticking with my theory that you're going to see plenty of Iron Man. Okay, so then that just brings us... you still couldn't have both in some capacity. Of course. Well, he's got to pass it on to her for sure. So I'm just saying at some point we are not going to see him, so... Um, but my, that my theory is Tony's happy ending is a kid. Okay. Yeah, they met you. Yeah. So yeah, we were going to go in theory. So what are some theories that you guys have for end game? What do you think is about to go down? Oh, for end game? Yeah. God, I'm so deliriously excited for this movie. I might throw I know. up. Well, okay. So just from, <laughs> because we're, you know, have a lot of time here, just one big theory you think will happen. I, I think time travel will play some kind of a role to a degree. I think you will see, events from past films possibly play out a little differently than maybe we've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a, you know, suddenly you de-snap and everybody pops back to where they were. Like maybe those characters are gone and the events that take place alter their destinies or something like that. Yeah. From day one, after seeing infinity war, I saw kind of this pattern of, in Infinity War, we saw everything that goes wrong because the characters don't work together. You know, Captain America won't call Tony because of their grudge. Um, uh, Star-Lord goes crazy because of Gamora and messes everything up and everybody gets pissed at him. So I think we've got a whole Avengers deconstructed storyline and are disassembled. And we're going to see more of what would happen if they did it right in the sequel. Okay. Okay. Very good. And I really wonder if, like... There's going to be a big fight. I mean, there's got to be some kind of a big fight between Thanos, but like, what can you really do? You know what I mean? The damage is done. You see the gauntlet's already kind of burnt out. His arm is damaged. Like, maybe Thor shows up to this planet that he's on, talks it out with him, <laughs> flies off because he realizes there's nothing that they can do. Opening credits. I don't know. <laughs> do you think there is a chance to save any of the permanent dead people? Yes. Now, I that is my theory. Um, it this is so far fetched, but I I think it would be very poetic and justified if they did it this way. I need Gamora to come back because it depends how far they go back before he gets a stone or whatever. I mean, I can stop now if that's completely not going to happen. No, I would say your theories. Okay, so yeah, she comes I back, but I also <laughs> I also think that she should be the one to do the final hit. Like the, to, you know what I to take him happen. out. I well, I just think it's justified. I mean, we wouldn't even be in this situation if he hadn't sacrificed mm-hmm. her. I think it should go right back and the tables have turned and she should get that final hit on him. I agree. And I think what's gonna happen is the time travel, see the events again played out right, mm-hmm. but instead of her dying, you know who's gonna sacrifice themselves? Captain America. Oh, so everybody so, loves so so they get possession of the stone. I think they're gonna get possession of some of the stones. Okay. All right. Now, Gamora may do you now if these guys come back, do you think she'll have full memory of what happened before the time jump or Will she still have her memories? Because then she'll have more of a 
motivation to really get his ass. Like, I can't believe you threw me in a pit, bitch. Like, <laughs> well, this is sort of cheating if you know comics a little bit. But I mean, and they don't have to go this way because you know they don't always adhere to everything. But uh, being in the you know the soul realm is a, a good way to combat things that have happened. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. So that is my one big theory. Again, it's so far-fetched, but I would love it if she comes back and gets revenge on her dad. That's that's yeah. what I want to see. I think we'll get that. Yeah. I just actually got some news while we're recording this, which is fitting. CBR.com just pushed something to me. Captain Marvel almost had a major Thor Ragnarok connection. Ooh. So before we got the Goose the Flurkin ending... It was going to be something different. And this is according to co-director Ryan Fleck. Okay. So you know how um, Marvel shoots the ship and sends Yon-Rog flying? Yes. He was going to land on Sakaar. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, that makes complete sense. That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, Sean, it's right. time for some music. All right. What I'll, do you got paired up with Captain Marvel? I'll keep this quick. It needed to be something from the 90s. It needed to be something badass for women. So I chose Meredith Brooks, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, no explanation needed. We are going to close out our show with <laughs> the music from Meredith Brooks, bitch. <laughs> All right, join us next week where we do our very first gay film on this gay podcast. What the fuck? It took us 46 episodes to do our first gay film. Isn't that hilarious? What's wrong with us, right? I don't know what's wrong with us. We are going to be doing... Top Gun. <laughs> We've already done Top Gun. Um, no, we are going to do Chu Wong Fu. We are joined here by some other queers, and we're just going to review the 90s uh, uh, drag queen movie. So stay tuned for that. So thank you, uh, Movie Geeks, for listening to our episode. Yes, this was a long one. We we appreciate you sticking with us to the end. And tune in next Wednesday for an all-new episode. Change.